Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to a new episode of the Geopolitical Pivot. It is your host, Samaj McDowell. I'm very thankful uh, once again to be able to come here and uh, provide a new episode, new content for our growing global audience. Uh, we are about 50, um, 50 downloads away from reaching our milestone of 2,500 downloads from around the world. So I am truly, from the bottom of my heart, I'm, I'm truly thankful uh, for the continuous support, the, the audience, and um, being able to provide serious because monologue discussions, really on geopolitics i'm just so thankful to see that there are people out there that are genuinely intrigued and interested on these growing trends that impact the lives of all people today we're going to um kind of look at the far east uh, i actually have three episodes for you all um as a as a thank you uh, to the continual um, assistance and support and just genuine development of this brand of discussion of geopo- uh, geopolitics. So today, I want to talk about, well, at least right now, I want to talk about what I call the Chinese digital art of deception. And what I mean by that, we're talking about the calculated Chinese strategy of intellectual and technological deception to achieve the under heaven system, which in my personal opinion is what they are looking to achieve around 2049 2050 it's their their uh grand strategy of a of a global governance system that replaces the united states uh, which is i mean this isn't something that's alien to the chinese civilization as the the under heaven system goes back to that of confucian uh, thought really starting off with confucianism um, but it's something that is very alien to Western civilization, or even non other non-Western civilizations. Um, it's important that we kind of understand what the under heaven system pertains to, and what exactly I mean by the digital art um, of deception by by Beijing. So, according to Michael Pillsbury in his book, The Hundred Year Marathon: China's Secret Strategy to Replace America, is the superpower. One of the nine principal elements of the modern Chinese strategy is to steal your opponent's ideas and technology for strategy purposes. This one particular component of a long-term strategy is what constructed the foundation for Beijing's reasoning to seek relations with the United States. The policy to pivot to the United States was not devised by civilian government officials, but by a group of four PLA marshals, PLA being the People's Liberation Army, due to an expectation Military personnel to participate in developing strategic initiatives for the progression of the country post uh, victory of the, the CCP. Uh, four of the main marshals, which included Ni Rongjin and Xin Yi, uh, firmly believed in the understanding that the United States remained the central enemy to the people of China. And that goes even before, that goes back before then. That's something that you really hear. It's 19. Say twenties and at least eighteen, the late eighteen nineties, from Sun Yat Sen, that um, the United States is sort of a central enemy to the people of of China. However, 
Beijing be believed that by seeking to divide its enemies and to manipulate the tensions between their perceived enemies, they'd be able to seek enhancements of China's status and power at the detriment of the the, the standing, the, the security, the the positionings and the, the overall national spirit and health of their perceived enemies. In this regard, the United States was and still is meant to be a tool rather than a genuine ally to Beijing. If it is one thing that the People's Republic of China has learned throughout its 5,000 year history as a civilization is that proper deception is an acceptable strategy for self-empowerment achievement at the detriment and failure of the perceived adversary. In the West, we don't really condone or advocate the usage of deception. We see it as being dishonest, uh, lacking that of, of of integrity, the you know the chivalry or the the gentleman's code, the the honor code, especially when it comes to statecraft. The Amer American sociologist and political scientist Nathan Lights, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, stated that Chinese literature on strategy from Sun Tzu through Mao Zedong has emphasized deception more than military doctrine. So they've emphasized stratagems rather than actual strategy. Chinese deception is oriented mainly toward inducing the enemy to act inexpediently and less towards protecting the integrity of one of its plans. The prevalent payoff of deception for the Chinese is that one does not have to use one's own forces. Chinese, uh, the Chinese tend to shroud their means in secrecy and not publicize the day-to-day -day activities of those in power for surprise and deception are assumed to be vital. The desire for China to surpass the United States and to be the de facto global hegemonic power is not a new phenomenon. The ambition of defeating the United States is part of the CPC's agenda for avenging the declared century of humiliation from 1939 and, uh, 1839 to uh, 1949. The political idea of it being necessary to overcome the United States has its origins based in Sun Yat-sen, who um, was born in 1866 and he died in 1925. Um... So Yan Sen also advocated for China to open up to the West actually in 1912 as the only means for industrialization and eventual triumph over the West. According to the 2009 book The China Dream by People's Liberation Army Colonel Liu Fu, Mao Zedong decreed that surpassing the United States is an absolute necessity. Moreover, if China cannot defeat the United States, then the people of China owed the world an apology because they were not contributing to their potential. To Mao Zedong, if the Chinese people cannot surpass the United States, they deserve to have their membership in humanity revoked. In order to achieve this dream, China must acquire the necessary technology, equipment, and industrial capacity to directly challenge the economic, financial, political, and military institutions of the United States around the world. Another major component of the China gene, a dream, which became prevalent under the early stages of President Xi Jinping's tenure as paramount world leader, is to directly study the strengths and weaknesses with the intention of outstripping the United States of its global hegemonic status. However, this grand strategy is meant to remain a secret. 
through the illustrative, the illustrative, I should say, narratives of socioeconomic elements that continue to plague China China domestically. Beijing has managed to seduce and manipulate U.S. policymakers and analysts to lower security barriers and provide access to American intellectual and academic vulnerabilities for their own development and reconstruction since the 1970s. The United States declared a new Cold War with China in 2017 after labeling the country a revisionist power. However, in my opinion, personal research, uh, China started a Cold War with the United States uh, on December 23rd, 1923, during a speech to students in Lenin Guangzhou, which is a province. The desire to remove the United States as the global hegemonic power is not a Chinese communist propagandized slogan utilized for totalitarian purposes only. It is a 97, 98 a year old promise and ethos to reclaim what Beijing perceives as their lost rightful position in global politics. In order to position itself into a position to directly contest American influence around the world, China needed to catch up technologically as a means to extract and utilize its estimated $23 trillion in natural resource wealth. The Sino-Soviet split provided such an opportunity as the new relationship between Beijing and the United States from Nixon to Bill Clinton that granted dangerous uh, access to U.S. technology in the same manner that Mao Zedong acquired as much assistance and development partnerships with the Soviet Union to begin major industrialization of the country. According to Michael Pillsbury, the Chinese process of leapfrogging to a superpower status began under Chairman Deng Xiaoping in July 1978 where Deng Xiaoping proposed for the United States to accept 700 students. Uh, furthermore, during his visit to the United States on January 31, 1979, Deng Xiaoping and Director Fang Yi of the State Science and Technology Commission signed a series of agreements with the United States to speed up student exchanges. From 1979 to 1984, approximately 19,000 Chinese students studied physical science, health science, and engineering in the United States. The strategy here is, is to uh, gain access to American academic institutions to retrieve education experience handling physics, atomic energy, and astronautics to then be utilized back in China. The technological deception of the Chinese continues as President Carter implemented the 1978 Presidential Directive Number 43, which established a Sino-American technological partnership to transfer technological developments in the field of education energy, agriculture, space, geosciences, and public health. President Ronald Reagan will continue his, this understanding of having to appease the Chinese and willingly provide vital technological blueprints and developments, which would remain secretive for at least 30 years. In 1981, Ronald Reagan signed the National Security Decision Directive Number 11, which allowed the Pentagon to provide air, ground, and missile defense technology as a means to upgrade the People's Liberation Army to a modern armed forces, this cooperation was significantly increased with the 1982 National Security Decision Directive Number 12 as a means to begin Sino-U.S. nuclear cooperation to enrich China's military and civilian nuclear capabilities. The hope of the Reagan administration was that through continual increases in Sino-U.S. relations, China will embrace economic and political liberalization uh, toward fostering a mutual beneficial international partnership between Beijing and Washington. This 
is the uh, it's the the product essentially of Chinese strategic deception and manipulation of ideological blindness of the United States during the time of the Cold War. Now, where are we now? China is now the second largest economy in the world that possesses a robust military capable of advancing anti-access area denial capabilities to increase security risk for the United States if confrontation were to commence. China now has the world's largest navy with regards to the number of ships in service. The United States still has the largest navy in the world with regards to tonnage. Um, unlike the USSR, who only accounted for 40% of America's GDP, uh, China, China occupies approximately 65% of America's GDP. Uh, at least that was the, uh, last year. Collectively, China and the United States possess over 40% of global GDP. Uh, this reality that the United States confronts then stems from the blind hope of U.S. political analysts that want to believe that China will grow to become a partner to the United States. Whether driven by private self-interest or genuine beliefs in democratization through economic wealth and rising living standards, the Chinese understood this and utilized the growth of wealth for the supplanting of the Chinese Communist Party into every echelon of Chinese civil society. They also studied the failures of the Soviet Union to ensure that what occurred in Moscow did not occur in Beijing. However, to sustain this goal of global hegemony, which has been coined the underheaven system, or now the China dream, China must continue the acquisition of Western technology, most notably from the United States, by any means necessary. As it stands now, the United States does not have a comprehensive centralized strategy for combating illicit tech theft operations by China. And this is not just the United States. This is a Western civilization problem, as China also looks to acquire technology elsewhere, such as in the United Kingdom and across the, the European mainland. In some cases, even Russia. The active intellectual property theft in the United States by China is one of the most startling national security vulnerabilities that America faces. The backbone of American economic success and soft power stems from innovation, specific uh, scientific advancements, ingenuity, and enterprise. U.S. taxpayers contribute approximately around $150 billion towards scientific research through institutions such as the National Institutes of Health, National Science Foundation, Department of Energy's national labs. According to the FBI, Chinese operations within American scientific research is at an alarming rate and is directly overseen by the Chinese government as a means to entice American researchers to assist in the advancement of, of Chinese research and development, R&D, regarding becoming the global epicenter of science and technology, SNT, by the year 2050. As of February 2020, the FBI conducted a thousand investigations involving Chinese theft of U.S.-based technology in all 56 field offices. A key source uh, towards Chinese tech espionage and theft is connected to the exploitation of the American academic openness and the diversity of university campuses. Through, through student exchange programs and initiatives between China and American academic institutions, Chinese government establishes proxy organizations and cadres in university campuses to further expand economic espionage against the United States. Via student exchange programs, Chinese students have engaged in espionage operations uh, 
through measurement, measuring equipment, taking photos and videos and installations of facilities, and writing notes with the intentions of returning to China and to provide materials to the government and institutions. The sheer magnitude of Chinese tech theft and economic espionage cannot be ignored, as an estimated 300 to 600 billion dollars a year in American trade secrets are stolen by the Chinese. In a particular investigation that began in August 2018, uh, within the National Institute of Health, 54 NIH scientists were fired uh, or resigned as a result of an espionage probe due to failing to disclose affiliation with the Chinese government. The entirety of the espionage probe included 100, 189 scientists at 87 institutions, which resulted in discovery of 80% of the scientists were, were financially backed by the Chinese government. Furthermore, of the 285 grants provided to scientists, which was approximately $164 million, 175 of those grants were supported by the Chinese government. The large-scale operation of technological theft and economic espionage is primarily conducted through talent recruitment programs. According to a U.S. Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations report, entitled Threats to the U.S. Research Enterprise, China's Talent Recruitment Plans. China now possesses approximately 200 uh, talent recruitment programs. However, their most successful and notorious is the Thousand Talents Plan, which was launched in 2008. Through the TTP, China was able to incentivize over 7,000 professionals between 2008 and 2017 as a means to transmit to and conduct research for China in exchange for salaries, research funding, and lab space. With the launching of the TTP, China pledged to spend 15% of its GDP between 2008 and 2020 on science and technology. The TTP, as well as other talent recruitment programs, are meant to provide the Chinese government with direct access to global professionals and higher technological industries to spark a global brain drain for the Chinese benefit, while simultaneously applying and receiving large amounts of patents on the acquisition of high technology research even if the research and development acquired is for products in early development stages. Since the CPC directly oversees the Thousand Talents plan operations, American researchers that are sought after for their potential contributions to Chinese growth are incentivized to lie to, grant, to, lie to the government or the U.S. government to grant providing agencies um, as a means to transfer intellectual capital via non-disclosure agreements or via agreements that only the Chinese government can terminate. While being a member of the Thousand Talents program due to intentional deception by failing to disclose affiliation with the Chinese government, these researchers uh, receive grants from both the United States and China for research projects while simultaneously being granted lab access in China to conduct research and transmit stolen intellectual property which is then patented for Chinese usage and ownership. Along with talent recruitment programs, President Xi Jinping revealed in 2016 the Chinese national security policy of military-civilian fusion. The intention of the MCF is to establish the PLA as the most technologically advanced and capable military in the world. This provides truth to the theory of the wealthier and economically prosperous a country becomes, Military investments and prowess follows synchronously. The MCF intentionally blurs the separation between civilian and commercial research industries and the military industrial sectors. According to this uh, 
new, this 2016 national security policy, the Chinese government firmly believes that artificial intelligence is the origin of the next technological revolution in military operations. Therefore, China must become the first country to incorporate intelligence warfare and artificial intelligence into People's Liberation Army military doctrine. In the view of the CPC, the necessary technologies include quantum computing, big data, semiconductors, 5G, advanced nuclear technology, and artificial intelligence. Furthermore, the major means of acquiring technology for the Chinese include before the Beijing include private industry investments, talent recruitment programs, directing academic and research collaboration for military gain, forced technology transfers, intelligence gathering, and deliberate theft. To achieve this, the Chinese government intentionally utilizes global research enterprises and academic forums as a means to establish partnerships with the intention of acquiring dual-use technology. For example, the China Scholarship Council requires academic scholarship recipients to provide research to uh, People's Republic of China diplomats. In addition to the MCF, the Chinese government revealed the National Medium and Long-Term Program for Science and Technology Development 2006-2020, the following prioritized areas of development and advancements. Energy, water and mineral resources, environment sustainability, agriculture, manufacturing, transportation, information on modern services, population and health, urbanization and city development, public security. In the same development initiative, the CBC labeled the following as major special projects. Biotechnology, information technology, advanced materials technology, advanced manufacturing technology, advanced energy technology, maritime technology, laser technology, and aerospace technology. The agenda of the Chinese government is to acquire higher te high technology products for the advancement of military capabilities and national security, rather than the genuine promotion of scientific advancements for all people. According to a development document, the CPC is seeking to enhance indigenous innovation capability and science and technology levels in promoting economic and social development, as well as maintaining national security. To achieve this goal, China maintains a global apparatus of economic espionage and intellectual property theft. In a testimony on February 27, 2019, to the Senate Small Business Committee entitled Made in China 2025 in the Future of the American Industry, Robert D. Atkinson, who is the president of the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation, explained that one of the direct ways China acquires U.S. technology is through state-backed purchases of U.S. technology companies. An, incre an increasingly important way, this is the quote, an increasingly important way for Chinese firms to gain access to needed technology is to simply buy up U.S. Te uh, technology companies or invest in high-tech startups. According to Select USA, the top four industrial categories in terms of number of Chinese foreign direct investments, or FDIs, projects from 2000, uh, pro FDI projects from 2003 to 2015 were electronics, industrial machinery, software, and information technology services, and communications. The Rhodium Group, Rhodium Group reports that over the past 16 years, there has been roughly $18 billion of Chinese foreign direct investments into ICT and electronic industry deals, with most of that in just the last few years. 
Of the $4.9 billion invested in electronics, $4.2 billion was invested in 2016, with 99% of that going to buy U.S. firms. Of the $14.2 billion invested in ICT, 74% was made from 2014 to 2016, with more than 95% going to acquisitions. So what is the objective? Well, it's to overthrow the American global order and to avenge the century of humiliation. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. It is not the intention of the Chinese government to adhere to profit-seeking behavior via the acquiescence of American technology, but rather to utilize it for modernizing and selling upgraded Chinese domestic technology at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer national security. The openness of the American society has become the top weakness and main source of the growing American technological security dilemma. The replacing of the United States as the global hegemonic powers represented in the desire of establishing the under heaven system, which was mentioned in 2005 by Zhao Tingyang as a means to advocate for the restructuring of the world based on Chinese ideals and leadership. According to Michael Pillsbury, through the under heaven system, China will have the responsibility to improve all of the nations and peoples of the world by harmonizing them, spreading Chinese values, language, and culture. In order to supplant the under heaven system, Ting Yang elucidates that once China is victorious in the economic marathon against the United States, which is projected to be by the 100th anniversary of the birth of the CBDC, 2049-2050, the, well, not necessarily the CPC per se, but the, the birth of the People's Republic of China and the, the victory over the KMT, the Kuomintang, in the mainland. Um, CPC was formed in the 1920s. The status, the new status of China can only be guaranteed via the utilization of military force and defeat of the United States. The United States has the capacity to defeat all odds and adversaries when the understanding of an existential threat to the peace, stability, and prosperity of the American people has arrived. Through determination, hard work, perseverance, and a dedication to the ideals of the American Republic, the American people was able to defeat the Soviet Union first goal in the first Cold War. With a new, more mystifying and affluent adversary, the United States must adopt a holistic approach to addressing the Chinese problem. To ensure the continuation of the American hegemonic order, all levels of American civil society must be mobilized and intertwined. The United States must draft an understanding of a new concept of time and victory when comprising policy and strategy. China has learned to adhere to long-term strategies to await opportune moments to achieve success after decades of manipulating their enemy to their will. Quite frankly, this cannot happen for the United States. That is all. I thank you for tuning in. Much love and peace. Until next time.